Well, come on, man. Was that not an amazing time of worship this morning? I'd tell you what, that got me all fired up, and hopefully it did you too as well. Thank you so much for jumping in and hanging out with us this morning at Bear Life Church. We're gonna jump right into our text this morning. Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, there's a parable that I'm gonna read with you. We're gonna make a few observations, and then we're gonna have a great, great Sunday in the Lord. So come on, here we go. In Matthew chapter 20, started in verse one, the Bible says this, for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, now I talked about that a few weeks ago, but the kingdom of heaven, God's reign and rule and him being the king of your life, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. Now, what's a denarius? It's a day's wages. So imagine whatever you make a day, he's gonna pay them for a full day's work, a day's wage. That's early in the morning. So verse three, about nine in the morning, he went out, this is that landowner, and he saw other people sitting in the marketplace doing nothing. He said, man, what are you doing nothing for? He told them, you also go work in my vineyard and I'll pay you whatever is right. So he pays the guys early in the morning, gets them to go, and now he finds people at nine o'clock in the morning. Guys, don't stand around in the vineyard. Don't stand, go work in my vineyard. I'll pay you, just go, just go, just go. And they went, verse five. So they went. He went out again about noon. Now, now it's about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. So around lunchtime at about three in the afternoon, he did the same thing. He found people who weren't doing anything, put them to work in the vineyard. Verse six, about five in the afternoon, the day is almost over, it's the end of the day. About five in the afternoon, he went out and he found still others standing around and says, what have you been doing standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us. No one's given us a job, man. No one's even put us to work. He goes, okay, you go work in my vineyard as well. So he tells them to go and work. So don't, pick, don't miss this. Early in the morning, he hires some people. Around nine o'clock in the morning, he hires some people. Around lunchtime, he hires some people. Around three o'clock, he hires some people. At 5 p.m., he hires some people. And now verse eight, evening came, payday, time to get paid. The owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, call the workers and pay them their wages beginning with the ones and last that we hired. Start with the ones we hired at 5 p.m., work your way back. Start with them. Start with the one we hired at five in the afternoon and give each one and receive a denarius, a full day's wager. So wait, wait, what are you saying? So you mean the person who started working at five o'clock still gets a same full day work even they only worked just for a little while? That's what's going on. So when those who came, who were hired first, they expected to receive more. But they only received a denarius themselves. Now, I want you to picture yourself. Don't, before you throw stones, or think about that. If the one who started working at five in the afternoon and you started working at five in the morning and they got a full day's wages, you're going, oh man, he's going to be generous to me. I'm going to get more than what they got. At least that's what they thought. Verse 10, so when those who came first, they expected to receive more, but each one of them also only received just one denarius, one day's wages. And when the people got hired first, when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These who were the ones who were hired last worked only an hour from five to six, and you made them equal to us who have borne this burden of work in the heat of the day. We worked, our, we worked all day long. We worked way harder and way longer. We deserve more. But the landowner answered them, am I not being unfair to you, friend? 
Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Didn't you agree that you would work for one day's wage? Take your pay and go. I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do that? Don't I have the right to pay how I wanna pay and spend my money how I wanna spend my money? Are you envious? Whoa, there it is. Because I'm generous. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. Come on, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that is new every single day. I pray for the next few moments that, Lord, as we just take a look at this parable, we will gleam some thoughts from it, but, Lord, at the end of the day, you would expose our heart to the things that kill the joy that you want in our lives, which in your name we ask and we pray. And everybody said, come on, amen and amen. Well, we're in part two of this series called Kill Joy, and we're gonna be talking about some things that will kill your joy. You know, John 10.10, 10, it's our life verse, it's our church verse here. It says, a thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you something about Satan. Satan wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your finance. He wants to steal your head. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill your testimony. He wants to do whatever he can to take you down. But Jesus says, I've come that you can have a real life, eternal life, and more life, a better life than you ever dreamed, to get, dreamed about. Last week, we talked about a big one, and it was pride. All sin is rooted in pride. Every time you sin, it's because there's pride there. All sin will lead you away from God, but pride, and God hates pride, but pride tries to elevate yourself above God. Pride says you're God. Pride says you're in control. Pride says you want to be the king, the Lord of your life. But envy is birthed out of pride. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about envy because this sin will kill your Joy. Now, envy is not a word that you probably hear all the time. Like some people say you're envy, you're envious or whatever. They may say it, but you do hear the word jealous or jealousy. Quit being so jealous. Why are you so jealous of such and such or so and so? But envy and jealousy, actually, even though they're so close to being the same, they both have some subtle differences. And so I'm gonna walk you through just a couple things real quick, the differences between envy and jealousy. So envy desires what someone else has. So when someone has something you don't have, you're envious at. Maybe they have a pair of shoes you want. Maybe they fix their hair a different way. Maybe they, they drive something that you want, and because they have it, you want it. Envy is wanting something that someone else's has. Maybe it's influence, maybe it's how they look, maybe it's the money they have, maybe it's the, the grades they get, maybe it's the accolades they have. I want what you have. That is envy. But jealousy is not wanting someone else to have what you have. There's a difference between the two. Jealousy is that I have something and you're jealous when somebody else gets what you have. Well, I bought these shoes first. Well, I got them too. Well, I drive that car. You had to get the same car. That is jealousy. Well, I moved in this neighborhood. Well, I moved here too. That is jealousy. Well, I got the top of the class. Well, I tied with you. Well, what do you? That is jealousy when someone has 
gets what you already have. So envy is wanting what you don't have. Jealousy is, is, is wanting someone else not to have what you have. And you think about it, envy is I want what you got. Jealousy says don't touch what I've got. Don't touch what I have. This is mine. Don't touch it. Envy is marked with covetousness, but jealousy is marked with possessiveness. That you possess it. You want what they, or, or you don't want them to have what you have. You want to keep it to yourself. Envy makes you resentful, and you'll become very resentful with envy. But jealousy makes you territorial. No, 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 you can't open that business in here. I'm jealous you open that business because I have that business. You can't do that service because I provide that service. You can't have that because I have that. You don't want them to have, and it makes you territorial. It'd be like, an example would be like, I want, envy would say something like, I want to play the guitar as good as you. I, I'm, I'm envy that, that you play the guitar. So I want to play the guitar just as good as you. But jealousy says, I don't want you to learn how to play the guitar as good as me. See the subtle difference? There's a difference between the two. And I'm here to tell you, you can't live the better life and an envious life at the same time. And the envious life will rob you and steal the joy that God has for you. It will kill your joy. In fact, it will rob God of his glory for your life and it will take away the joy that he wants in your life. So let's walk through this. Let's look at a couple of Let's gleam a couple observations from this parable, and then we'll, we'll make a couple points of what we could do to fix the envy that, 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 that crouches in our heart, or, or maybe for you, the jealousy that crouches in your heart that we can work through this. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. Man, I can't wait to hear your voice, and that is coming so soon when you say, let's go, right here in this building. All right, here we go. Verse 10, it says, so when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more. The key, listen to you, they expected, they compared, they get a Daenerys, oh goodness, we're gonna get more. He must gonna bless us more because we did more, we deserve more. And here, listen, the key to overcoming envy, and this is the big one, is stop comparing yourself to other people. And that's what they did. They begin to compare themselves. Well, if they had that, oh, I'm gonna get more. I'm gonna have something better because comparing is the root of this envy, the root of all envy. And the first mistake they made here is they said, look what they're getting, therefore we must be getting something more. We deserve more. And so many people don't realize that when they begin to compare themselves, the root of that is envy. They're, they're envious. And folks, says, listen, we live in a world where everybody compares everything, and we live in a world, we talked about this even last week with social media, you see everybody's highlight reel, but you never see behind the scene. You never see like the mess behind it. It's always the perfect picture, the perfect pose. You didn't know it took that family 30 poses, 30 times to get that one perfect because the kid was throwing a fit because the dog bit the dad and all I means just crazy. And you just see the highlight reel and therefore you begin to compare yourself. Well, I wish my family looked like this. I wish I had her hair. I wish I could look like her. I wish I dressed like, I wish I had his job. I wish I had his clout. I wish I drove what he drove. And you begin to begin envious because you're comparing what you lack what you don't have. And, you, and honestly, at the end of the day, you, you, you're not joyful that God has blessed somebody else and you believe that you deserve better. And that was the first problem we see in this passage is they begin to believe I deserve more, even though they agreed on the wage to work for, I deserve more than somebody just working an hour. And they became 
envious. Two reasons really quickly why you shouldn't compare yourself. And then whether you're comparing yourself how you look, whether you're comparing yourself in what you have, where you're comparing yourself and what you know and what you don't know, when you begin to compare yourself, two reasons you shouldn't do is because here's what you maybe not know about yourself. Number one, you are so unique. Do you know how unique you are? That you are fearfully, wonderfully made in, in your mother's womb and God needed you to be just like you. He picked your skin color, he picked your hair color, which you can change your hair color, right? You can do those things, right? Okay, if you wanna change. He, I mean, he picked everything there is about you. There's nobody on the planet that has your voice print, your thumb print, your footprint, your vocal print, do you know that? Even identical twins are not identical. They're still different. There will never be anybody on planet Earth who ever has lived or will live who is just like you. So ladies, you could actually tell him that you're one out of four billion, because that's true. You are. There is no one like you. There is no one. You are so unique. So when you compare yourself to someone else, what you're saying is, God, you messed up on me. God, you messed up with me. I should have looked like her. I should be fit like him. I should know what they know. I should be as smart as they are. God, you messed up on me. See, when you compare yourself and you become envious, what you're saying is, God, you messed up. Because if you would have consulted, I would have done this and I would have fixed me and I would have been looked like, and I would have, and you just fill in the blank. You are so unique. There is nobody on the planet like you, nor will they ever will be. And when you stop for a moment and find yourself in how God's made you, wired you, designed you for who you are and realize he loves you just the way you are, you'll stop comparing yourself to other people because you know how your heavenly father made you. And when you stop comparing yourself, this envious spirit begins to break away. Second, if you don't stop comparing yourself, comparison will always lead you to one or two sins, pride or envy. Because you'll compare yourself and you'll look at, you'll be like, well, you know what? When I compare myself to them, I'm doing better than they are. Woo. And guess what happens? That's prideful. Or you look at, I'm not, you know, or, or they're doing better than me and I want what they have. And that's envy. When you get in this comparison trap, whatever it is, being a mom, being a dad, how you look, the job, the accolades, what you drive, what you live, all these things. When you begin to compare, that's gonna lead you down a path to be prideful or to be envious. Comparison is a trap and it's what the enemy wants for, to do to you so that he can steal your joy. He can kill the joy that you realize, God, you, I am who I am. I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made and you didn't make a mistake with me. If you could just get that, I'm telling you what, your self-worth of how you see yourself and how you perceive yourself because you begin to see yourself through your heavenly Father's eyes. And so the thought here is that when we see God being kind and gracious to other people and generous to other people, we should respond with joy rather than resentment. Verse 10, it says, so when they came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but when one of them also received the nearest, they it says, when they received it, they begin to grumble against the land or they begin to complain. I deserve more. I, should, I, I can't believe that these guys only worked an hour and they got paid the same thing that we got paid. They felt like they were cheated, but they weren't cheated because that's what they agreed on. They begin to resent other people for only working just an hour, even though they got the same pay instead of enjoying. Wow, you know what? That's a generous landowner right there. I'm so glad he blessed them. Even for them working an hour, Paul writes in Romans 12, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep 
with those who weep. Why is it so easy to do the second part of that? Why is it so easy to weep when someone's weeping? To feel sad when someone's sad? To be empathetic when people are going through things? Why is it so much easier to do that than Paul says, you need to rejoice when other people are rejoicing? Like, you need to rejoice when they get the A. You need to rejoice when they make the shot. You need to rejoice that they're on the court playing. No, what we complain is, no, I didn't get the A. No, I didn't get the pass. No, my kid's not playing. And we don't rejoice when other people rejoice because we compare and complain and grumble that we deserve and you fill in the blank. Do you see this trap? Do you see this sin? It will rob you from your joy. And one of the main things that envy does for you is keeping you from rejoicing and being joyful for the other people around you. Envy always looks at the, the side and says, why them? Why them? Why her? Why, why, how did he get the job? Why did he get the promotion? How does she get valedictorian? How did he get picked to be on the team? You mean somebody taking him to the prom? Are you hurt to the problem? Like, you see what I'm saying? We could go on and on. Why do they get the, 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 the boss, the position? See, enemy says, why them? I can't believe they. And you fill in the blank. And we've all been there. But see, gratitude says, why me? I can't believe God picked me. I can't believe God would use me. I can't believe God would give me. And see the difference of that? See how gratitude begins to flesh out and push envy spirit away? Like, God, I, can't, I, I don't even deserve this. I couldn't believe you would do that. And that's where gratitude comes and flips your perspective. He says in verse 13, he answered one of them, am I not being unfair to you, friend? He even calls them friend, even though they're complaining and grumbling. Am I not being fair to you, friend? Didn't you agree to work for a day's wage at Denarius? You told me that at 6 a.m. in the morning. You said, that's fine, I'll work for a day's wage. And then it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the landowner who actually is representing Jesus here. It's kind of like the landowner. He's kind of like, you know, go throw your pity party somewhere else. Take your pay and go. Just take your money and go. If you're going to complain and be envious and, and jealous, just, just, just take your money and go. Quit throwing a pity party. That's how I kind of, how I see that. Because I want to give the one who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my money? And there it is again. Why are you so envious? Because I'm so generous. Even though you don't think they deserve it, I'm gonna bless them. Why are you responding this way with an envious spirit when I bless the people around you? And one way that you can tell that envy has begun to creep into your heart and your life is the words that come out of your mouth. And this is one of the phrase, well, it's just not fair. And when you begin to say, it's not fair that she got picked, it's not fair that they get to go, it's not fair that, and you fill in the blank, whatever, it's not fair she looks like that, it's not fair that he's built like, it's not fair that he drives that. I mean, you go on, fill in the blank. It's not fair. The moment you start saying that, envy is rooted in your heart. And that envy will kill your joy. And in this parable, of the vineyard workers, the workers felt that they were being treated unfairly. And not because they weren't paid what was promised, but because someone worked less and still got the same blessing and the payment that they received. Here's the bottom line. When you're envious, please hear this, you're in a battle with God, not them. You're in a battle with God. 
You're battling God because you're saying, God, I deserve better than this. I deserve more than this. When you have an envious spirit, listen, you are in a battle with God. You doubt God's goodness in your own life because you think God wants to be good to somebody else. You resent the decision that he blesses somebody else or gave them the promotion or you fill in the blank. You accuse him of being unfair and playing favorites. I can't believe that's unfair, God, that they, and you, whatever they is, you fill in the blank. These are the statements that an envious spirit says. And honestly, at the end of the day, you don't believe that God has your best interest at heart. Folks, it's a deadly, deadly trap. And you know what's at the heart of envy? There's a, there's a lie there. There's a lie behind every sin that we do, but there's a lie there. And this is the lie that you begin to believe when you have an envious spirit. And here's the lie. God, you owe me. You owe me. We see it even here with the vineyard and the workers. You owe me more than what they've got. And when you're envious, here's what you're saying. God, you're not fair, and you owe me. You owe me that I shall look better. You owe me that I should be smarter. You owe me that I should drive this. You owe me that I should graduate from this university. I mean, you feel that? God, you owe me. And that's the lie that's behind this envious spirit is God owes you something. And folks, God doesn't owe us but that's what the devil wants you to believe. And that's why he speaks lies into you. That's not fair that she, I can't believe that he, that should have been you who got the job. It should have been you who got the promotion. It should have been you teaching the class. It should have been you that got, it should have been you that looks like that. You're the one to pick that dress out for. I mean, come on, we could go on and on and on. And these subtle little lies from the devil speaks right into your heart. And then you latch onto it. And you said, you know what? That's right. I do deserve that. And God, you owe me. And when that envious spirit comes into your life, it will kill your joy. So what do you do? Right? None of us wants to be that, right? I mean, do you really want to be somebody who's envious and jealous all the time? I mean, do you want to be that person? Because if you are, you probably have hurt probably majority of your relationships around you. Because, and here's the thing about envy and even jealousy, it's not so much what people who are far from you have. Like, you're probably not envious of, of what, like, LeBron James has and stuff like that. You don't even think about it. You know what? You're envy of the people around you. In fact, you're envious probably of the closest people around you because they have something that you want. And you look at them and go, I wish I, I wish she, I wish, if I only, God, that's not fair. Why they get a date, I don't get a date. Why do they get married, I don't get married. And we begin, begin envious because you think God owes you. And there's a little whispery lies from the devil and we believe them. And when we do, you wonder why you're not joyful. You wonder why we're not happy and joyful in the Lord because we're always envy of other people. So what do we do? How do we fix this? Really quickly. I'm gonna walk you through a couple things that you need to start with. And these are some things that honestly that should be pretty big in your life, but so simple yet so profound. Here's the first thing you need to do. You ready for this? This one, this one's gonna blow you away. Because what happened is I'm trusting right now is that the Holy Spirit has pinpointed 
this in your life for you to go, you know what? Man, I am envious and fill in the blank. You know what? I, I say those things. It's not fair. I can't believe they. You say those things. You don't, you're not trying to be a mean person, bad person, but it's like, how can that have been hidden into my heart that I'm not even aware of it until you start speaking about it right now that, oh my gosh, I see this in my own words. I, I now see that, you know what? I've got a little bit of envy in me. So what do you do? Here's the first one. You ready? This is a big one. Just acknowledge it. <laughs> acknowledge that I'm envious. You know what? I am envious. Or I am jealous. You know what that is? That, that's right. It was pointed out today and I'm not gonna argue with God about it. I feel a conviction about it, you know what? And you probably know what you're envious about because you probably feel, hear yourself saying about a certain person and it's probably someone close around you. You know what, you are envious. Who are you envious of? You know it's easier to identify the person that you're envious of than to identify the brokenness in your heart that's causing the envy? Who are you envious of? Proverbs says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. What is he saying? Envy will eat at you over and over and over and will rot your heart and rob you from your joy and kill your joy. You don't want that in your life. So just stop and go, you know what? Pastor Daniel, I'm envious. And the first step of being healed is just to acknowledge it's there. Okay, now what do I do? Here's the second thing, confess it. Because envy is a sin. Jealousy is a sin. Confess it. Like you can right now if you want. Just confess it. Say, God, I have sinned because I'm envious of and fill in the blank. I'm jealous of, fill in the blank. Because what you're saying is, God, your provisions aren't enough for me. God, you messed up with me. God, you owe me. And I'm envy of that versus saying, God, you're right and I'm wrong and I surrender to you. You're my heavenly father. You know what's best for me. You know what job's best for me, what career path's best for me, what relationships are best for me. So I'm just gonna trust you. So I'm gonna confess my sin. I'm not talking about apologizing. I'm talking about confessing. First John 1, 9 says, if you'll confess your sins, God is faithful. He is just to cleanse you. Watch this. From all unrighteousness. Like right now, if you acknowledge and you see that you have envy in your life, because it will blind you, but if, you, if the Holy Spirit has realized it and you confess it, you know what God says? Oh, I forgive you. I want, to, I want to cleanse you from this. I don't want you to have an evil, envious heart. And he will cleanse you and give you grace and give you mercy. And then here's the third thing and the last thing, and this is the practical one. Acknowledge it, yes. Confess it, yes. And that's something you can do in your heart. Even sitting here right now, whether you're driving, walking on a treadmill, or listen to this as you're doing grocery shopping, I don't know what you're doing. You can right now acknowledge, you know what, I am. God, right now, I confess this. But here's the big practical. Here's how you begin to practice this to get envy out 
of your heart. You ready? Here we go. Celebrate others. Rejoice at others' blessings. Rejoice when someone else gets what you thought you deserved. That's a big one. But that's what you begin to start practicing. And if you would develop this habit to celebrate your you, you, the people who you think you're against, the competitiveness at work, when you applied for the job and they applied for the job and they got the job, celebrate it. When you got applied for the scholarship, they applied for the scholarship and they got the scholarship, celebrate it. When they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you've not got one yet, celebrate it. When they get married, but you've not got married, celebrate it. When they had a kid, but you haven't had a kid yet, celebrate it. Do you see this? When they get a new car, but you've not got the new car yet, celebrate it. When they got the promotion, but you've not got the promotion, celebrate it. When you begin to celebrate and you do this with a pure heart and motive, little by little, it begins to break the pride and the envy of the Spirit in your life. And now the joy of rejoicing from someone else will come flowing out of you. Not that you compared yourself, but you celebrated someone. So easy to say. So hard to do. And the first time you might need to celebrate, and you probably need to do it today, you'll probably go, Pastor Daniel told me I got to celebrate them, and I don't want to celebrate. But God, I celebrate. Ugh. You know what? That may be the first way you do it, but you keep doing it. And you keep doing it. And by the Holy Spirit, remember this, making us more like Jesus, little by little, begins to chip away the hardness of, of our heart. And one day, with a pure heart motive, you'd be like, I am so grateful for them. I'm so thankful they got that. I'm so thankful that happened. I'm so grateful. And you'll begin to celebrate the people around you. And that will be your big test. How you celebrate other people's success around you. And if you can't celebrate, that should be an indication that envy is still there. Celebrate anyway. Celebrate anyway. Could you imagine? Think about this. Could you imagine what your life will look like if you were completely free of envy? Like you weren't jealous of other people or you weren't envious of other people. Like if, you're, if your life was completely just eradicated and envy was completely gone, no comparison, no jealousy, no envy, could you imagine, can you see it? Can you feel it? What would your life be like? You can have that if you would yield your life to the Spirit. Folks, God doesn't owe us anything. In fact, God paid for your debt. You owe Him. He sent His Son, Jesus, who lived a sinless life a perfect life and he died for you and he died for me he paid a debt that I could never pay God don't owe me I owe him my entire life I owe him everything I have everything I own everything that I am belongs to him for what he has done for us 
Because the good news is, he's already paid your debt. I'm gonna ask you if you would, if you just bow your head just for a moment. Just for a moment. I love what Paul writes in Galatians 5, 25 and 26. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What's he saying? Let's walk in the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. See, when I walk in the Spirit, I'm gonna have peace. I'm gonna have self-control in my life. What has the Lord spoke to you today? Through this message? What is he saying? If he's pointed envy out, acknowledge it, confess it, and now begin to celebrate other people. Maybe what he's pointed out to you is that you need him. Like you need Jesus in your life. And you could do that by confessing your sins. He'll forgive you of all your sins. Like right now, you could say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, I repent of my sins and I put my faith and trust in you. God wants to do that in your life if you'll just yield to him. And don't let pride and don't let envy or jealousy keep you from surrendering your life to Jesus. Just in a few moments, our hosts are gonna come back out and they're gonna share with you some ways you can take next steps to let us know that you're ready to follow Jesus and give your life to him. You know, hopefully soon we can have another baptism and that's for you. You need to sign up to be baptized. Come on, take that step. Hopefully very soon we're gonna start meeting back in person. Yes, I said that, soon. I miss you guys. I wanna see you guys. I wanna worship with you guys. Just be in prayer right now for God to continue to give his wisdom and discernment to walk this out. So here's what we're gonna do like we have for the last few Sundays. I'm gonna leave you with a question. So if you're here at your watch party, maybe you listen to this on the podcast, maybe you're just by yourself driving a car, it doesn't matter. Here's a question, just really quick, I want you to reflect on. And the question is this, when you see God blessing others, how do you normally respond? And hopefully after a day, you'll begin to respond differently. Share your heart with each other with the people around you. Here's the question.